0: On a star-studded August evening in 1933, the famed motion picture actress Carol Lombard arrived at a legendary nightclub on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. Located in the landmark Ambassador Hotel, the Coconut Grove was the hotspot for the Hollywood in-crowd. Its exotic decor resembled an alluring oasis, replete with Arabic archways, a waterfall, and desert palms. The ballroom's midnight blue ceiling was brightly adorned with constellations. Aladdin and his magic carpet would have felt instantly at home. The Coconut Grove was a relaxing place for the rich and famous to rendezvous for cocktails, dance to the music of an exceptional orchestra, and enjoy the night. When the stars aligned and love smiled, the lucky ones might embark upon a path to an unforgettable romance. Intent on enjoying herself that night, Carol had a date with screenwriter Bob Riskin. She was a bright platinum blonde with wavy shoulder-length hair, high cheekbones, winged eyebrows, and large sapphire blue eyes. She was breathtaking. Her beautiful curves complemented by a tight-fitting black evening gown designed by Paramount's chief costume designer, Travis Benton. The silky fabric smoothly molded to her shapely body. No undergarment line showed for one simple reason. She wasn't wearing any. The only embellishment was a strand of luminescent pearls dipping into the low V between her breasts. A young photographer came up to her table, eagerly asking for permission to take her picture. "'May I, Miss Lombard?' She gave him a long look with an arched brow, those blue eyes surveying him. Carol knew every important photographer in Hollywood, but this one's face was unfamiliar to her. You're new in town, aren't you? Yeah, he shyly grinned. And like you, ma'am, I'm from Indiana. He showed her his press badge with his name on it, Jake Frolick. It's Carol she said, sweetly correcting the ma'am. Sure, go ahead, Jake. Take as many as you like. She sat back a little, artfully hiding in the shadows the barely noticeable scar on the side of her face. Flashing bulbs went off, momentarily blinding her. Other reporters had noticed she was posing for Jake. Good publicity was always welcome. That's swell, thanks. Any time for a fellow Hoosier she said, giving Jake a playful smile. If ever you come by Paramount, drop by my trailer and say hello. She winked at him flirtatiously. The photographer stumbled into the next table, where Cary Grant sat. The star held out his arms to keep Jake from falling into his lap. Steady there, said Cary, holding him up. Thank you, Mr. Grant. Oh, no trouble at all. Carrie patted him on the back and gave Jake a good-natured smile. Then he swung his charismatic gaze toward the cause of the commotion. Hey, Carol, watch where you're aiming those blinkers of yours, will you? I think the poor kid was starstruck. Sure thing, master. She touched the center of her forehead in a salam, causing everyone nearby to laugh. A heavy smoker, she lit a cigarette and looked expectantly to where the musicians were setting up. The headliner for the evening was Russ Columbo, a talented singer and composer. He was making a return engagement and was performing with the renowned Gus Arnheim Orchestra. It was well known that Russ had been elevated from first violinist to vocal soloist in the orchestra when he filled in for the hard-drinking crooner Bing Crosby. Russ was the reason she had come to the Coconut Grove tonight. He had performed in his first supporting movie screen role in Broadway Through a Keyhole, a gangster story in which he played the good guy bandleader who gets the girl in the end.